Big uh, Tuesday, October the 17th uh, with that. Of course, uh, NFL action last night, Monday night action for all you Cowboy fans. They squeak one out. Major League Baseball is continuing the championship series as uh, both teams in action yesterday. Uh, some interesting scores. Of course, at approximately 7.30 or so, we'll have Lorville head football coach Terry Martin on to speak about his uh, Tigers and about the game last week and also their upcoming game. Also, uh, later on doing uh, Bayou Sports, we'll have got Mr. Galen White, author, who's got a coach in this area. He's writing a, a book about, a wrote a book about, I should say. Uh, elsewhere, some new Olympic sports, if we're able to get to that. There'll be some new sports when the uh, Olympic Games uh, begin in uh, 2028 out in Los Angeles. Uh, with that, uh, some new teams added to the uh, course. Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere uh, in headlines, of course, as always, today in sports history, uh, we'll have in the final segment here on Bayou Sports. But in the meantime, last night out in uh, L.A., the Dallas uh, gets the W as the Cowboys squeak past the Chargers 20-17 to on Monday Night Football. Uh, of course, the Cowboys improved to 4-2. and two. Uh, if my memory serves me right, I think the Chargers are now uh, two and three. As a pretty good game last night, a little slow at first, but uh, action heats up. Believe it or not, Dallas didn't get any turnovers or sacks until late in the game when they sack Herbert and then pick off a pass uh, to basically in the football game. They still had a maybe approximately a minute left to go. Uh, elsewhere in uh, Major League Baseball, uh, yesterday some surprising news as the Astros. Uh, go down again. They, they rally late, uh, but they can't get the W uh, as uh, Texas held off Houston 5-4 to four to take a two-games-to-none uh, lead in the American League Championship Series. And now that series heads uh, to uh, uh, Arlington, where the uh, Rangers will play two games at home uh, last night. And uh, uh, we'll see if the Astros uh, can bail out. They've got to win two on the road now to force a fifth game. Uh, or I should say, no, this is the seventh game series, and they'll be in Arlington uh, for three games now, I think. I would imagine. Yeah. So uh, with that, so uh, the Astros got to win four out the next five games, uh, and they can do that, but uh, not hitting the ball the way they are right now, and it uh, seems like some of their big hitters are just uh, slumping. Meanwhile, Astros had a lot of opportunities. Before they rallied uh, to come back, they are down five to nothing, and I think they added one run. They were down five to one, but consecutive innings where they gave up uh, or they failed to score with the bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, they had two uh, in scoring position. I think the next inning failed to get those guys in. Eventually um, made it a game, but missed uh, some great opportunities uh, within that game. Yeah, that they did. And uh, of course, they go down two games to none as the. Uh, the uh, the Rangers uh, hitting the ball, too, uh, like the uh, Phillies are uh, with that course in yesterday's action. It was the first game yesterday as Texas takes on Houston. Uh, as Jeff mentioned, Texas jumps on them quickly. as They get a 4 nothing lead uh, in that game, and uh, they uh, pick up another run in the third. The Astros pick up one in the second. They score in the second, the fourth, the sixth, and the eighth. So they needed the tenth inning, an extra inning, <laughs> to tie up the game. Uh, the way their their rhythm was uh, in that. Of course, the line score: five runs, uh, eight hits, and one error for uh, Texas. Meanwhile, the Astros: four runs, six hits, and two errors. Uh, play in that game, but uh, in the meantime, Rangers big they build that big early lead and hold off uh, Valdez and hold on for that 5-4 win 
and Texas takes a 2 nothing lead in that ball game. Of course, uh, the next game uh, on that schedule uh, I want to be played uh, as they have a travel day. It was what they call it. Uh, so they'll move up to Arlington, uh, I guess about 300 miles to the north of Houston to take on uh, the Astros. Javier uh, is scheduled to pitch. He's 10-5 and five on the year for Houston. Meanwhile, Serzer. Uh, will be uh, back in action. He's 13-6, and six, and it seems like it's been a while since he's oh, thrown. Absolutely. Yeah, well, so, since he's pitched in the game, I'm that's correct. sure he's thrown. Yeah, I'm sure he has bullpen sessions. But in the meantime, uh, uh, Houston's got their work cut out for him. Of course, uh, they've got a game today up in Philadelphia where Arizona trailing uh, in their first game of the series uh, as the Phillies uh, win. Uh, the Phillies are going to pitch uh, Aaron Nola, former LSU product, uh, for the Phillies. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Kelly will pitch for uh, the Diamondbacks. He comes in at 12-8, and eight, Nola at 12-9. And, nine, uh, and uh, some of the uh, betting lines on that game, well, of course, Merrill Kelly, 12-8 uh, and eight with a 3.29 ERA, Aaron Nola. Uh, surprising, a little high ERA at 4.46. He's 12-9 and nine on the year. Uh, that game's going to be held at Citizens Bank Park up in Philadelphia. Of course, TBS uh, will have the game tonight. Uh, they're looking at temperatures around 56 degrees at game time with a wind uh, uh, 5 miles per hour moving from left to right uh, in that the Phillies are minus 164. The over and under is 8 uh, reasons to like the uh, Phillies, uh, 28 to nothing right now in that regard. Uh, anyway, the Phillies uh, uh, hitting the long ball right now, Jeff, as uh, all their bats. Uh, Bryce Tober. Yeah, and Castellanos is uh, yeah. just on fire uh, with the uh, – Five homers in three games, uh, some sort of uh, match uh, of a record there. Yeah, it is. and he, uh, he matched Reggie uh, – Jackson. Yeah, they have. They've had. Uh, I'm thinking back. They've had uh, in World Series action. Of course, right now those uh, sometimes those playoff numbers are screwed because uh, they uh, they're playing uh, many extra uh, games, playoff games. While back in the day when you had the pennant races, just uh, two teams made the playoffs in the World Series, and uh, of course, I think all-time home run leader still in the World Series is Mickey Mantle with 18. Ruth, I know, had 15. Mantle broke that. And, uh, of course, Reggie Jackson, along with Albert Pujols, uh, Sandow, Sandow with the Giants back in 2012, along with uh, Babe Ruth, uh, the only players in World Series history to hit three home runs in a game. Of course, Pujols had five hits in that game. Uh, Sandow, I'm trying to think if he had uh, more another hit with the three homers. But, uh, anyway, baseball, uh, top of the line right now uh, with that. And, uh, of course, you got football college football on the air tonight too as the uh uh the teams uh playing tonight middle tennessee will be at liberty uh that's at six o'clock at six thirty. it's western kentucky at jacksonville state and then uh, also on tonight uh southern miss travels to south alabama in mobile to take on uh the uh jaguars uh, uh of uh mobile uh the uh, south alabama uh, C, uh cbs sports network is going to have the uh game between middle tennessee and liberty liberty one of the few undefeated teams left in college football meanwhile the game later on at 6:30 on espnu is going to be western kentucky at jacksonville uh state of course jacksonville state is in alabama not uh in florida 
And then, of course, the uh, game also at uh, 6.30 kickoff uh, tonight. We'll have uh, Southern Miss at 1-5, surprisingly, against South Alabama. That's 3-3. Three and three. South Alabama, believe it or not, it's an 18-point pick in that game. It's going to be on ESPN2. So uh, college football uh, all around us. Uh, they'll even have a couple games tomorrow night. And Thursday night, there'll be a couple more. And, of course, one game Saturday night, uh, Friday night, and that's going to be Southern Methodist at Temple. Of course, on Kane Radio here, uh, we'll have a Thursday night game and also a Friday night game this week as the Catholic High Panthers uh, will uh, host the Franklin Hornets in a big game uh, Thursday night. Meanwhile, our Friday uh, uh, night game, uh, I do believe uh, w- with that, our broadcast schedule uh, here on Kane Radio, if you pull out your pocket guides and check it over, uh, we'll have um, – the uh, Lafayette Christian uh, coming to a town to take on the Westgate Tigers in a big ball game for uh, for Westgate, uh, looking to get back in that district race. Uh, of course, LCA with a thrashing of Turlings Catholic, 62-3 to uh, last Friday night. So uh, baseball, football, all in the air t- today. And with that, speaking of of uh, uh, collegiate football, the polls came out yesterday and uh, – uh, not surprisingly, Georgia remains number one, followed by Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Florida State, uh, the top four. So at the playoffs, I guess we're uh, today it'd be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State would have the buys, uh, followed by Washington at fifth, Oklahoma, Penn State. Of course, a big game for Penn State this weekend as they journey to uh, to play uh, Ohio State uh, in Columbus. So that would game to be watched. Of course, Texas comes in at number eight, followed by Oregon at nine, North Carolina at 10th, Alabama at 11th, and Oregon State at 12th. Uh, that would be the 12 teams in the playoff action. Uh, of course, uh, a, a, a G5 team will be in the place of one of those uh, 12. Uh, possibly Oregon State gets bumped. Elsewhere, following uh, Oregon State at 12, uh, Ole Miss comes in at 13, followed by Utah, Notre Dame, uh, at 15, Duke at 16. Uh, they have a big game this week as uh, they'll take on Florida State this weekend. Elsewhere, Tennessee comes in at 17. Southern Cal drops after Notre Dame thrashed them uh, this past uh, weekend. LSU comes in at 19th. They move up uh, three spots, followed by Missouri at 20, Louisville at 21st, Air Force at 23rd. Tulane comes in at 23, followed by Iowa at 24, and UCLA at 25. Uh, followed uh, with getting votes, James Madison, Clemson, Florida, Washington State, and Fresno State, along with Liberty, Kentucky, Wyoming, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Miami. So uh, collegiate football uh, journeying into uh, the uh, uh, eighth week of collegiate football, so a lot going on there with that. In the meantime, uh, the uh, also the uh, high school polls, the Louisiana High School Athletic Association, the sports writers, now have uh, their polls out. And, uh, of course, leading the list in 5A is Edna Carr. Uh, they're 6-0. and uh, They garnered six first-place votes, followed by Destrahan, the defending champion in the non-select, as Destrahan had eight first-place votes. Uh, they finished second, followed by Zachary Rustin, Karen Crow at number five, then followed by East St. John, uh, John Curtis with two losses this year, surprisingly. Uh, they're four and two. They come in at seventh. Uh, Catholic High Baton Rouge is eighth, followed by Holy Cross, which 
had their first loss of the season uh, over the weekend as they lost to Brother Martin 22-19. to Had an early lead in the game, but lost it late. Elsewhere, Southside, another uh, district uh, that the Yellow Jackets uh, have to face or have faced. Uh, they come in at 10th and 6-1. and one. Other teams in the area receiving uh, votes. Uh, Katie comes in at 12th. They were thrashed by John Curtis over the weekend, 28 to nothing. Uh, no other teams in our area in 5A picking up votes. Meanwhile, in 4A, St. Thomas Moore with all 12 first-place votes, followed by Lafayette Christian that comes to town Friday night. We'll have that game on Kane Radio against the Westgate Tigers. Number three is Neville up in Monroe, followed by North DeSoto. Warren Easton, who's ineligible for the playoffs this year. They're three and three. I think two of those losses were forfeits. Meanwhile, Lutcher comes in at five and one in sixth place. In seventh place, West Feliciana, just outside of Baton Rouge. Uh, Shaw comes in at uh, eighth. Westgate uh, makes the top ten poll. Uh, they're at five and two. They come in at ninth. They moved up a spot this past week. Also, Cecilia breaks in uh, top 10 uh, in 4A. They come in at 6-1. and one. They're the number 10 ranked team. Other teams in our area are up, uh, Turlings Catholic comes in at 11th and Opelousas uh, comes in at 9th. Meanwhile, in the 3A poll, University Lab out of Baton Rouge uh, is number one. They garnered nine first-place votes, followed by E.D. White, which is, has three first-place votes. They're 7-0. and oh. uh, St. James comes in at three. They're 6-1. and one. Uh, Also, Sterlington, uh, a little north of Monroe, comes in at four. Gina comes in at five. They're 7-0. and oh. Meanwhile, Parkview Baptist, the team Catholic High defeated earlier this year. They come in at six in the 3A poll. At 6-1, and one, they're only lost to Catholic High. At 7th is John F. Kennedy, who comes in at 6-1. and one. The Cougars out there on the uh, uh, east end of New Orleans. Also, St. Louis out of uh, Lake Charles comes in at 8th in the 3A poll. At 6-1, and one, Union Parish, that's up in Formerville. Uh, they come in at 4-3. And, and ninth in Wasman up uh, in North Louisiana comes in at 6-1. and one. Others receiving votes in our area. Uh, if you want to call Church Point our area, they're the closest ones to that. Meanwhile, in the uh, AA poll, Calvary Baptist uh, holding down uh, everything, but uh, they garnered nine first-place votes. They're 7-0. and St. Charles uh, Catholic out of Laplace has the other three first-place votes. They're 7-0. and They defeated St. Martinville this past uh, weekend. I believe 28 to 12 over in uh, uh, St. Martinville. Meanwhile, Newman hanging in there without Arch Manning. Uh, I think Eli, uh, there's a new kid on the block uh, named, uh, his last name escapes me, but uh, he's doing a great job. They're 6 0 Newman right now in third place. Oak Grove up in the northeast corner of the state is uh, at fourth. They're 5 and 2. Uh, elsewhere in the 2A poll, Dunham comes in at 5 and 2, fifth. Notre Dame McCrawley at 6 at 4 and 3. Manny at 4 and 2 comes in at 7th. Episcopal of Baton Rouge comes in at 8th at 5 and 2. Ascension Episcopal, uh, who was 10th last week after their big win over Catholic High, they come in at 9th this week. And Darborn Woods up in the uh, Farmerville area, uh, they come in at 10th. Others receiving votes in our area, Catholic High comes in at 12th. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Lauraville comes in at 14th. We'll have Coach Terry Martin on in the next few minutes. Uh, also, uh, Teams Welsh, who Lauraville played earlier this year, comes in at uh, 15, and that's the uh, teams located uh, in our area in the 2A poll. In the 1A poll, Vermilion Catholic, they uh, jump up to number one. 
as they're 7-0. and They garnered five first-place votes. Washtar Christian lost this past weekend. They garnered seven first-place votes, but uh, Vermillion Catholic had three more uh, votes uh, than they did, 138 to 135, and they vaulted into uh, first place. Of course, those two teams played for the state championship in the select last year in the Dome. Uh, Washington came out with a, a victory over Vermillion Catholic. We'll see if the table is turned this year. Meanwhile, in the 1A poll, at third is Southern Lab out of Baton Rouge. Kentwood comes in. The Kangaroos come in at fourth at 6-1. and one. Followed by Riverside Academy. Uh, they come in at fifth. Homer, H O M E R, up in uh, North Louisiana, in the northwest corner. They're at five and two. Followed by Logansport at six and one. Haynesville, up there near the Arkansas line, is six and one. Also, St. Martin's out of Metairie comes in at uh, number nine. They're five and one. They supposedly have the number one running back in the country uh, with uh, that. Uh, of course, St. Martin's out of Metairie. Uh, with the young man out of uh, 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 St. Martin's. Uh, they come in at 5-1, and one, and that's for the class next year, 2025. Elsewhere, finishing off the top 10 in single A, at number 10 is St. Mary's. They're 5-1. and one. Others receiving vo- uh, votes in our area, no one, uh, St. Edmunds, if you want to call that, out of Eunice. Uh, they're a select team out of Eunice. So uh, the polls are lighting up right now, uh, and uh, we've got, hard to believe, We've got just, uh, I believe, three more weeks of high school football before the playoffs uh, start. And uh, a lot of teams uh, making moves uh, to uh, secure uh, some top seeds here in uh, high school football. Meanwhile, uh, in other news, uh, some other topics. uh, I saw with the Olympics now, there are more sports coming to the Olympics uh, in the 2028 Olympics that will be held in Los Angeles. So, uh, before you know it, it'll be upon us. Anyway, meanwhile, one of the new sports is flag football. And they'll have five-a-side, non-contact version of the game with one of the nation's uh, fastest-growing sports, thanks to the push from the NFL. And uh, the Olympics comp- competition will feature six teams for both men and women, and the NFL players are already expressing interest. Meanwhile, squash. After falling short for inclusion in 16, 20, and 24, squash finally made the uh, cut for the L.A. 2028. Egypt looks like the early favorite, nine of the world's top 20 players, uh, both men and women's sides. So, uh, of course, uh, other sports they're talking about is cricket, lacrosse, baseball, after being a demonstration sport eight times between 1904 and 1988, baseball made its Olympics debut in 92. It's been a feature five more times since then, but most recently at Tokyo in 2020, where the host Japan won the first gold medal. Softball making its debut in 1996 has been on the program every year, as baseball has from 2004, 08, and 2020. Team USA won the first three gold medals. We'll try to reclaim that from Japan, which is won the past two meanwhile right now every sport as of right now there are 36 sports in the olympics on the la 28 program and this could uh grow uh to 37 if boxing makes a cut that decision was put on hold on monday as the sports governing body is no longer recognized by the ioc so uh Anyway, just uh, when you think about it, all the sports in the Olympics, uh, aquatics, archery, athletics, uh, badminton, baseball, basketball, canoeing, cricket, cycling, equestrian, 
fencing, flag football, golf, gymnastics, handball, hockey, judo, lacrosse, anyway, other sports, the modern pentathlon, rowing, rugby, sailing, shooting, skateboarding, soccer, softball, sports climbing, squash, surfing, table tennis, taekwondo, tennis, triathlon, volleyball, weightlifting, wrestling, uh, Anyway, just a, a lot going on in the Olympics uh, with uh, young people competing and all uh, through the course of uh, every four years. So uh, with that, with our own uh, young lady uh, uh, three years ago competing in Japan uh, uh, with that. So uh, hopefully maybe somebody else from the area might uh, break out and uh, be an Olympian here from this area. But in the meantime, uh, a lot going on in the sporting world, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Phillies and uh, also uh, – have another big game today uh, uh, as they take on uh, the uh, – uh, they knocked out the Braves, and uh, they'll play another big game today. Uh, I think that, that game time is, I think, in the 7 o'clock hour here on uh, um, on the baseball right now, uh, Jeff. And as I said, the, the Phillies uh, hitting the long ball right now and uh, playing quite well as uh, – they just uh, they're going to be tough to beat and, and uh, they're looking to get back to the World Series, uh, a series that uh, they let get away from them last year in that. Uh, so uh, Arizona's got their work cut out for them today uh, with Kelly 12 and eight going up against Nola, Aaron Nola, former LSU All-American. Uh, interesting for that matter. So uh, in the meantime, just about time to take our break here and get Coach uh, Terry Martin on to talk about his Lowerville Tigers you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Martin right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday, October the 17th. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Lowerville Tigers, Coach Terry Martin. Good morning, Coach, and as always, welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. Thank y'all for having me on. I'm, I'm kind of glad you called a little earlier this morning. Uh, we, we have this, uh, I'm not sure what, why we did this this year, but it seems like a lot of schools in our area decided to have this little fall break where, uh, where the kids had off of school on Monday and Tuesday. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not sure where that comes from, but, but it's something that it seems like a lot of the schools in our area did. So uh, we've decided to bring our kids in the morning, you know, do an early morning practice. That way they have the rest of the days to do they get done what they need to do. So it's been actually really nice, you know, nice, cool morning, sun's out. And uh, I have them coming in in a little while. We're going to do some film work. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you all called this time so I can get that in on time. Yeah, Coach, uh, with that course, uh, a big win last week uh, for the Lowerville Tigers as you take on the Franklin Hornets team and uh, who just uh, have just an abundance of talent and uh, size and speed. And, uh, of course, a back-and-forth game uh, last Friday night as the uh, Tigers pull out, a, I believe, 32-28 to win. It's 31-28, right. And, uh, you know, again, man, we, we just seem to uh, not be content unless we have to try to play from behind every game. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, we made a couple of mistakes early on and, uh, they, they, they scored, they scored first. And then, uh, we, we had a couple again, miscues on our first drive. And, you know, we go to punt the ball and we snap it over the punter's head and, and give him the ball inside the five yard line. So, you know, we're within the blink of an eye, we're, we're down 14 nothing. And, uh, you know, but, but luckily, fortunately, we kind of cleaned up some of the things that we had done and, and, you know, able to come back and, and uh, you know, score with probably, I'd say probably a minute, 40 seconds left maybe. Uh, you know, we, we got the ball back and, uh, you know, I, they, they could have probably just run the clock out. And, uh, but, but they ended up trying to throw the ball uh, where the clock stopped, an incomplete pass. They did it again. And, uh, you know, they had a critical fourth down play where, you know, they, they, you know, they run the ball. Like I said, you know, they had a couple of really good running backs. Uh, one of them was a really big kid, and it's kind of funny. You know, our kids all said the same thing after the game. Out of all the guys we played this year, you know, it really, they said it really hurt to try to tackle this guy. He was such a big guy. And they ended up throwing the ball and, and having an incompletion. So, we, you know, we got the ball back, uh, trying to run a play that we had some success on early in the game. I want to say in the first quarter we ran the same type of receiver screen where we probably, Gavin Judy's broke it for about 40, 50 yards. He ended up not scoring in the first quarter. So, uh, you know, we come back to that play with about a minute 40 left. And I'm thinking, you know, if we can just get, you know, a, a, good, a quick 15, 20 yards, I had an idea what we are going to run on the next two plays. Uh, but he busted and uh, makes a couple guys miss, breaks a tackle, and ends up scoring. You know, so like I said, you know, with a minute 21, they get the ball back, you know, and, and we hang on for dear life. And, and uh, they throw a last second, you know, desperation pass to the end zone. And two of our kids hit it, hit their guy in the hands in the end zone, and and thank God, you know, he came out. And uh, so, you know, uh, a really up and down game, you know, a pretty emotional game. And fortunately for us, we were able to pull it out and hold on right at the end and win it. There you go, Coach. Ascension Episcopal up next. Uh, what do we know about the Blue Gators at this point? Man, just such a, a well-coached team, you know. Uh, you know, just again, a, a kind of a contrast in styles. Uh, where, you know, from what you know, what we just played, uh, played Franklin, uh, especially defensively. Uh, you know, they're, they're extremely multiple on offense. You know, they run the ball well, throw the ball well, give you a lot of different formations. 
not quite as big and as talented as Franklin is, but, man, they're, they're, they play with such good technique. And then you turn it over on the defensive side of the ball where, uh, where Franklin loaded everybody up inside and played a lot of man coverage. Ascension's much more of a zone team. But, man, but just watching, there are guys do such a great job of dropping and, and, and knowing exactly where they need to be uh, in, in their zone coverage. And uh, it looks like, you know, from watching the three games, the, the three films that we have on them, they just, they, they just do such a good job of figuring out what you do best on offense, and then they take it away, you know, and forcing you to try to do something different. So uh, a, a totally different, you know, a big contrast in styles, but, uh, but definitely, you know, always an extremely tough opponent. Uh, you know, the, the last couple of years, you know, we've had, we've had our, our years where we do well and, and win, you know, in a convincing fashion. And last year they come to us and then they win in a, in a convincing fashion. So, you know, uh, it, it's going to be curious to see, you know, again, can we get a little bit better this week? We've just been, uh, it's been one of those years, man, where, where we've been battling injuries. You know, we, we lost one of our better players, two-way guys, early in the year. Uh, I want to say week four uh, with a pretty serious knee injury. Uh, and last week we lost another starting receiver. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be out for the year, but it's the chance he may be. And then, unfortunately, this past week against Franklin, we have two more starters who, uh, who are definitely out this week. And uh, one of them potentially could be a little longer. We'll find out today. So uh, it, it's been one of those years where, uh, you know, a lot of the times I've been here, you know, we've stayed away from a lot of serious injuries. But this year it seems to be that, you know, one of those years where it's kind of catching up to us. We, we're pretty beat up right now. I think I mentioned to you all on Saturday that we were going to have a JV game tonight. But uh, unfortunately yesterday we both decided it was in the best interest for both of us. Uh, their numbers are, are down. Uh, he was really struggling to, to put a JV team together to be able to come today and play. And then, like I said, with, with uh, the injuries we had Friday, we're going to have to move two JV guys up uh, that are going to have to play, you know, who would have played tonight. But it's almost at that point, we just we can't afford any more injuries. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can make it through the week without losing anybody else because it seems like on both sides, for both teams, we're pretty, you know, we're pretty beat up uh, at this point in the season. Gotcha. Coach, um, as uh, you travel this week, anything the fans may want to know uh, about making that trip? Uh, not, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, it's right there in Youngsville. Uh, you know, again, luckily, I, I'm, you know, we made two really long trips already this year and going to De Quincey and Welsh. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's not that far of a game anymore where we have to travel that far. Uh, real nice area. Uh, they've, they've always had a real, you know, they have a natural grass field, but it's always been a really, you know, up, kept up really well. And uh, so just, uh, you know, I'm hoping this, this cool weather can hold on a little bit longer. It seems like it's going to get a little bit warmer as we get to the end of the week. You know, of course, still not what we faced about a month ago. But, uh, you know, it, it's just been really nice to come in in the morning and practice like this. I'm, I'm hoping it can kind of hang around. There you go. Slowly increasing throughout the week. Slight chance of rain on Thursday, but I think you got a pretty good week ahead of you. Should be. Should, should be pretty good. Uh, you know, it's always fun when you get to this time of the year. Uh, and then, you know, I always tell the kids, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, when, when it gets really fun is when you come out to warm up and it's already dark. You know, you already got the lights on. And when, I, and when we warm up and we talk, you can see a little bit of that steam coming out of your mouth, you know, because you, you, that's, that's when you know you're getting close to playoff time. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that time's here. You know, it's always you know, the most exciting time of the season. And, and so I'm just pretty happy that, you know, we're here. And hopefully, like I said, we can, we can stay away from some injuries and, and, and get ready for that final run at the end of the season. 
Coach, uh, coming up after uh, we uh, let you go, we're going to be talking to Galen White's written a book about Coach Louis Cook. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Coach Louis Cook? I, I'm sure you've had some uh, experience. I haven't, but I haven't gotten the book again. You know, I, I really don't have much time to read during the season, but I'm absolutely going to get it. Uh, golly, way, way. You know, it's funny when people ask about every once in a while, you know, say, well, what kind of defense you run? What kind of offense you run? A lot of people don't realize that it comes directly from him. He, uh, when, when he was the coordinator, when Jake DeLone was playing way back, you know, and even before then, when he was the coordinator at USL, he had a, uh, there was a backup quarterback on that team named Kyle Kirkpatrick. He was from Baton Rouge, went to Tara High School, but he actually was the offensive coordinator at Bro Bridge when I first got into coaching, my very first year. He worked for Coach Moad, and uh, because he had played under Coach Cook at USL, he just kept the same USL playbook. And uh, all the stuff that we ran at Bro Bridge came directly from Coach Cook. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, we had some great battles back then when, when I first started coaching. I remember uh, being in the press box as an assistant uh, the year our student taught, and he sat on the side of me, and I didn't even realize this. I, I, I think at the time he was at USL, and, and that's kind of when I first met him. And, uh, you know, so through the years, you know, obviously your offense and your defense evolves. But a lot of the stuff that we run still to this day, uh, again, it's a lot more out of spread formations, but, but some of the passing concepts are exactly what they did way back then. So it's kind of funny you asked about that. Uh, when, when I first started uh, calling plays, once I became a coordinator, uh, I want to say uh, probably in my, my third year maybe coaching, uh, the first thing I did in the offseason was I went meet with him. Uh, one of the other coaches and I went, we kind of looked at some of their off season stuff. I, and I sat down and talked to, to, you know, a little bit more offensively about some of the stuff that they did. And, and I, you know, in my, you know, my career has kind of been intertwined with him for, for a long time. When, uh, when I first became that first year, when we started the Lafayette area versus Lake Charles area, all-star game, uh, I kind of got put in, you know, being on the board of directors for the football coaches association, I kind of got put in that spot to, to run the Lafayette area side. And, uh, that, that first year when we had to put it together, you know, I sat down and, you know, I was kind of, kind of nervous to be honest with you because I'd never done it before. And then I thought about who are the two best guys I know as far as when it comes to calling an offense and calling a defense. Uh, and I immediately called Shane Savo at St. Thomas Moore and on the defensive side, I, I reached out to Coach Cook and, and his coordinator, Jimmy Mack, uh, Jimmy McCleary. And those two guys were the first two, uh, coordinators that we had in the all-star game and uh up and what's kind of funny now i moved up on the board and shane Savo is going to take over as the regional director this year uh we're hoping that we can put that game back together and uh you know it's kind of funny how, how things you know just uh just you know come full circle and i'm, I'm really excited to, to get that book and read about it uh but just again you know he's kind of been part of a lot of the stuff that i did especially early in my career and obviously, you know, one of the guys that everybody in this area looks to uh, when they think of high school football. There you go. Coach, uh, always a pleasure on these Tuesday mornings. Uh, we'll look forward to checking in with you again on Saturday morning following your game against uh, Ascension Episcopal. But thanks for joining us today. Thank you all. Y'all yeah. have a good week. Good luck to you, Coach, uh, this coming uh, Friday night against a uh, uh, fine uh, Ascension Episcopal Blue Gator team. Anyway, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break and uh, bring on uh, author uh, Galen White uh, here on uh, Bayou Sports on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. 
It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, October the 17th. And uh, with us in just a moment or two will be uh, Mr. Galen White, an author, uh, has wrote, written a few books uh, about the Cadiana area with regards to uh, baseball. Wrote a nice book about uh, the biggest little town, uh, baseball town in America, and uh, with Mr. Galen White here, uh, writing about one of the uh, coaches, uh, renowned coaches here in the Acadiana area, and Coach uh, Louis Cook. And uh, I go back as far with Louis Cook as I can remember him being a quarterback at Rain High School back in the uh, late '60s, where he led the uh, Rain Wolves uh, football team back then, and then headed on to what was then the University of Southwestern Louisiana, and then got into coaching. And uh, as uh, Coach Terry Martin mentioned, uh, too, that uh, spent some time at UL uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, I'm not sure if he had two stints there at UL and uh, winning, uh, I'm sure, 300-plus games. Might have had a few more than that if he had remained in high school. But uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Galen White, to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. It's nice to have you back again. Great to be here. That was a nice lead-in by Terry Martin. Yes, it sure was. Uh, speaking on uh, 
Coach Louis Cook. And uh, Louis' uh, younger brother, Dave Cook, was a cornerback at LSU back in the early 70s, too, and also a state sprint, sprint champion in the back then, the 100-yard dash, as he beat uh, one of my uh, fellow Catholic high alums in the state championship in track uh, with that. But Coach uh, Louis Cook, uh, in your book, uh, A Coach of a Lifetime, is your headline here as we begin. The title, Coach of the Lifetime, actually came from one of his players, Orlando Thomas. Okay, who he, was a heck of a pro football he, player, He was too. an all-pro with the Minnesota Vikings. But uh, Orlando started with Coach Cook at Crowley High. He was 13 years old, weighed 98 pounds. Mm. And at the start of his, sec- his sophomore year, Orlando announced that he was going to play in the NFL someday. And Coach asked him, well, are you doing everything you need to do to get there? And Orlando thought he was. And then Coach pointed out he wasn't going out for track. And so soon after that, Orlando went out for track. And track really was the the reason that uh, USL offered him a scholarship. There was another coach who had checked uh, uh, Orlando out and had deemed him unworthy of a scholarship. But Gerald Broussard Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, an assistant coach at that time at USL, had played for Coach Cook. And uh, he talked the track coach into taking a look at Orlando, and after the track coach saw Orlando in the when the he was on the relay team that won the state title that year, well, that's why Orlando got a scholarship at USL. Of course, went on to become a two-time All-America, went on to play for the Vikings. But uh, Orlando gave Coach a trophy or statuette, looks like a Heisman. It's on the back of the book. You can see it, um, and it reads, "Coach of a Lifetime. Thanks for your love, your support." And your encouragement. So that's where it comes from. Coach of a lifetime from Orlando Thomas. And of course, Orlando Thomas' uh, life ended way too early, as uh, he lost his life uh, uh, years ago after having his number retired. I believe at UL, and also uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think his number was retired with the Vikings. Number 42. 42. It's um, uh, number 42. There's a chapter. The chapter about Orlando. There's a chapter about Orlando in the book called 42. And that's because he wore the number 42 at USL. He wore number 42 his last five years with the Vikings. He um, was drafted 42nd in the 1995 (laughs) NFL draft. His father died at the age 42, and Orlando died at the age 42 Um, of Lou Gehrig's disease. Yes, that's correct, ALS, and uh, just a tragic ending for him. But uh, Coach Louis Cook, uh, 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 Mr. White, why don't you uh, give us a little more insight into your book well, here? Well, uh, you know, Coach Martin was talking about uh, the influence that Coach Cook had had on his career. And one of the things that early on I heard Coach say and uh, was pass it on to somebody else. And that's one of his models. And there's a lot of different things that impressed me about Coach Cook in the almost two years I've spent with him. But it, it's his openness, his willingness to share his knowledge, his experience. His practices are open. Uh, his uh, summer workouts, he's invited coaches to come in and, and look at what they do for their summer workouts. But it goes beyond that. He even shares uh, the playbook with them. He won't send it to them. If you want to come visit and talk to him, that kind of thing, he'll, he'll share everything he has. And he's just a different coach. And that, that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, what happened, the way I met Coach Cook, was through my baseball book, Best Little Baseball Town in the World. I wanted uh, somebody well-known in the area to endorse the book. That was Ron Guidry, Louisiana Lightning. (laughs) Right. And uh, so to get him, Ron is uh, not real public. He's kind of a recluse. 
uh, and I didn't know him. So Coach Cook knew him, played baseball with him at USL his freshman year, and also uh, Coach Cook's best friend, a, a, an accountant in Lafayette, Ron Prejean. Uh, between them, they got me in to meet uh, Ron Guidry. Ron Guidry did a blurb for the best little baseball town in the world. And in the course of doing that, I found out more about Coach Cook. He wound up doing a blurb for the book. And uh, in several conversations with Coach Cook, it just led me to ask him, have you ever thought about doing a book? And he said he had. In fact, someone had started one with him. had gone so far as to get Nick Saban to do the forward. Had oh, traveled. Wow to Tuscaloosa, sat down with him. and uh, Is that the same forward that's in your yeah, book? Yes, it is. Okay. So what happened was uh, the forward, uh, uh, rather than repeat, I went back to the person who had done it and then worked with Saban's office in order to get it approved. The interesting thing about that forward is uh, Saban had not signed off on it uh, until late last year. Guess when it was? About two days after LSU beat them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was worried that we weren't going to get the forward approved after LSU beat them. But uh, we did get uh, his his okay on it. But uh, Coach Saban and Coach Cook go back. Um, the second school that Saban visited when he took the job at LSU was Notre Dame. He was checking out a lineman named Cade Como, who was six foot six, three hundred pounds, and. Uh, was recruited by LSU, gave him a scholarship when he was a sophomore in high school. So Coach Saban wanted to make sure he was still on board when he came in. So the first school that Coach uh, Saban visited was Curtis, <laughs> John, uh, John Curtis. Um, then, of course, uh, Coach Saban recruited uh, Coach Cook's middle son, Jeff Cook, who was an All-State quarterback. Jeff went to LSU and was a, on a baseball and football scholarship and was there one year before transferring over to play uh, baseball only at University of Louisiana Lafayette. So that's kind of the history between Saban and uh, Coach Cook, and they've been in contact with each other over the years. I think the fact that Nick Saban did the forward for the book is a testament to the kind of coach that uh, Louis Cook is. Yeah, well, like I mentioned to you, he he uh, coached at, uh, at UL. Uh, I want to say two stints yeah, during two his stints. Uh, yeah during yep. his time. I think uh, Coach Nelson Stokely brought him in, or I'm trying to remember if it might have been uh, Stokely brought him in the second time yeah, in the '90s. That's right. And then uh, he was there for four years in the '80s. Yeah, with Coach Robertson, I right. believe, uh, right. for that. Uh, and then, uh, of course. Uh, I want to say in the two tenures he spent there might have been about six years or so. Uh, two four-year stints. Two or two four years. Okay. Right. So, and then you mentioned earlier about him being a, a quarterback at Rain High. That's he right. He was five foot five, one hundred and twenty-five pounds. He was an option quarterback, and uh, he did not play football in college. That's as right. You might imagine oh, at that no. size, but that took him down the road of he refereed. Uh, at, when he was in high school. Uh, that's how I got to meet Coach Larry Doltry, who was sort of his mentor. Yes. And then um, uh, he went on uh, to coach uh, at Rain High. That was his first, uh, he, first as an assistant, then a head coach. And then he got the job uh, at, U, at uh, USL this, the first time. That was 19, uh, let's see, he was 82 to 85. Yes. The first time. Uh, one of his big recruits then was Elton Slater. Mm-hmm. And I remember I interviewed Elton for the book, interviewed 118 people for the book. Really? Wow. <laughs> and spent, of course, uh, a lot of time with different people. But Kirk Crochet locally, uh, I interviewed him. Um, 
Elton Slater, I interviewed him about a month before he was killed in a car accident. And I always remember uh, what he said about Coach Cook. He said, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give him a 12. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, matter of fact, one of my fraternity brothers coached with him back in the, uh, I want to say, late 70s, and they still remain good friends to this day. He moved up to Virginia, where he was originally from. Monroe Ratto was one right. of his coaches, uh, and Monroe went up to Virginia and got into the Virginia Hall of Fame as a high school basketball coach. Uh, and I know he and Monroe, when I see Louie, I said, tell Monroe hi for me if you talk to him. Well, I talked to Monroe for the book, and uh, the interesting thing is uh, the cover of the book, uh, the photograph was taken by my son, who was a very fine photographer. Um, so Coach Cook was going up to see Monroe and stopped by to see me en route. Oh, okay. And in, in, in doing that, uh, that positioned us to take the photograph of him for the cover. Because I, I wasn't going to send my son down here necessarily to photograph him. But Coach Cook came to us uh -huh. on his way to see Monroe. So uh, the, w when I first met Coach Cook, uh, uh, in a way, I was compelled to write this book. I did not plan. I'd written five baseball books. I was just coming off the best little baseball town in the world. And when we got to talking about doing a book was around uh, the last book signing. And... Uh, uh, out of that, this conversation that we had, there was just like almost a voice in my ear saying, ask him if he's ever thought about doing a book. And, um, and he, of course, that led to the conversation he had and uh, what, we, what did we want to come out of this book. And we wanted to inspire other coaches. And I, I was really pleased when Larry Doltrieve said, this book, this book, every coach in America should have this. And I, I believe that. Uh, Coach Cook is a model for other coaches. He is, you know, it's not a job to him. It's a calling. And just like Coach Martin was saying, Coach Cook's openness. Uh, he wants this book to inspire other young men to go into coaching. And maybe some coaches are in the business who have been burnt out a little bit. You know, Brent Endes was yeah. burnt out. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, he's gotten back into coaching. But he, he got out because he was burned out. And there's a lot of coaches in that situation. The profession has changed because our society has changed. Students have changed. Parents have changed. And Coach Cook, his experience and all that, we try to tell. Uh, in a way, it's a how-to coach book, but it's not in a how-to way. It's through the stories that have happened through his players and through him. And then coaches can learn from that. Was he hesitant to do a book like this? Yes. I thought so, too. He's a yeah. very humble man. In fact, one of the reasons I had to interview 118 people, that's the only way you got the <laughs> stuff on him. Because he t and he's a storyteller, but he doesn't talk about himself. And he'll talk about Jake DeHome. He'll talk about Orlando Thomas. Uh, you know, he, he told me stories about Monroe Ratto. In fact, Monroe Ratto told me a story about him, about how early on one time Coach uh, – uh, got upset and he was in the locker room of course he's a pretty cool dude now but what people don't know is at that time he was you know he had had a little temper he got upset and he went he kicked something in the locker room <laughs> and uh it was one of those um you know where like in the concession somebody carries these things around like a coca-cola thing right it was made out of metal uh-huh and he kicked it and he monroe says i thought he broke his toe <laughs> so you know, there were stories like that that Monroe contributed, but the uh, uh, people, everybody loves Coach Cook. And the, I grew up in Los Angeles, and my 
kind of ideal as a coach was John Wooden. Sure. The pyramid of success. Great basketball coach. I was, of course, a UCLA basketball fan. I went to the University of Oklahoma. The head coach, when I went there my freshman year, this dates me now, Bud Wilkinson. Oh, I remember well, Bud Wilkinson. Another great coach. And one of the things, that there, there's something that Coach Cook has in common with all these men. Not only very successful, but they were faith-based men. Coach Cook, you know, he, his whole life is, is faith, family, and football. That's why he's lived in the same house in rain since the late 1970s. That's why he's never left this area to coach. Just think of it. All he's had to do, his biggest decision, is do I turn left or right on I-10? Either go into USL and coach there, or he goes over to Rain uh, or Crowley High. I mean, he's won state championships both at Notre Dame and at Crowley High. And if you look at Crowley High now, you know, Crowley High, I don't think this year has won a game. Well, yeah, they're suffering. When Coach Cook went in there in 1985, they had lost 21 straight games. They lost their first game under him. Then five years later, they're playing for the state title and win the state title with Orlando Thomas. Yeah, he uh, just remarkable uh, what uh, he's done in high school. And also, you got to remember him coaching, coaching in the parochial schools. Uh, the opportunities to make more money are in the public schools. And he's been at Notre Dame for, what, 25, 28 years? This is uh, 27th year, yeah. Notre Dame. And you mentioned Jimmy Mack earlier, or I think it was Coach Martin mentioned Jimmy Mack. Mm-hmm. How many times do you have an assistant coach who's been with a guy 26 years as Jimmy Mack is this year? And then before uh, Todd Gray, when I started the book in 2021, Todd Gray had just retired after 24 years. He's got Wes Jacob coaching with him now. Who played for him. Played for him. That's right. All right. And Wes, uh, you know, Wes calls him Pops (laughs) because uh, uh, Coach Cook was like a father to him. When Wes was in junior high and going over to Crowley High, entering Crowley High, the junior high coach called Coach Cook and said, don't let him near your program. He's poisoned. (laughs) Well, guess what? Wes became an outstanding, well, an All-America high school football player, went on, started LSU, and now is uh, coaching with a coach at Notre Dame. And and one of my favorite quotes in the book is from another Crowley High player who the junior high coach called uh, Coach Cook and said, don't let him near your program. He's poison. That's David Martin. (laughs) And my favorite quote from David Martin, who was on that championship team in 1989, is, Coach Cook is the closest thing to God with a whistle. Oh, wow. Anyway, there was another player on that team, too. He ended up at A&M, Shane Garrett, I believe was his name, who was a heck of a football player at Crowley High School. Shane Garrett is uh, – this, this, there's a lot in it. The legend of Louis Cook started at Crowley High because he took that program from uh, the outhouse yeah, to from, the penthouse. From the ashes, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think Larry Dotry was a little more colorful. He says that it was a program that needed an enema. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Galen, uh, quickly, uh, you mentioned Coach Indesta. You have a chapter based on their relationship, how they're intertwined. Were the adversary, and the title of that chapter actually what came from Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of a couple hours, we more than two hours we spent together, uh, I asked him, I said, what would you call this chapter if you were to write it? And he had, he had to think about it, and he called me back, and he said, we're the adversary. Brent had a 6-12. and 12 in, in fact, when I went through the index uh, to see that chapter, and unfortunately that's all I've uh, read so yeah. far in the book, um, but I looked in the index, and I looked at the titles of the chapters. 
I saw Worthy Adversary, and I said, that's got to be the one with Indest. <laughs> it is. And uh, Indest had a 6-12 record against Coach Cook. Um, and that, he was one of the most successful coaches. He beat uh, Coach Cook when he was Abbeville, he, over here at Catholic New Iberia. And then he also beat him. Uh, he beat him when he was at Crowley High when he was. Yeah, Crowley High. Beat him that's twice. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's and so, so um, I, I was impressed by the respect each has for the other, yet there was this rivalry. Um, it's, uh, I, to me, it was one of the more fun chapters to write. Of course, Brent is a colorful guy. And, uh, uh, you know, Brent said, you know, Frazier, Allie needed Frazier. <laughs> and uh, in, in a sense, Indes uh, uh, was uh, Coach Cook's Frazier. Uh, but uh, his teams always gave Coach Cook fits. And in turn, uh, you know, uh, Coach Cook beat him 12 out of 18. Like Brent said, uh, 333 is pretty good in baseball, but not football. But uh, – I, I think that chapter speaks to it's it's a coach talking about a coach. Brent Endes, you know, who, he's a tremendous, he's a fierce competitor. Their styles are altogether different as coaches, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring out. On the one hand, you have Coach Cook, who's kind of known as Cool Hand Louie, and Brent Endes. Uh, I guess he's the closest thing around here to Lou Saban. I don't know. I mean. Uh, you know, I called him uh, the bo- high school Bobby Knight too. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, basically, uh, he, when he'd lose it on the sidelines, he didn't kick any chairs or anything or throw any chairs, but uh, uh, hot tempered and uh, but well respected. In that uh, not always, but uh, just uh, knows how to handle kids. It was would my be exact and a great teacher too. Like all good coaches are, they're just great teachers. Well, he's been successful wherever he's gone, and I was. I was glad to have Brent participate in the book. And, I, I, you know, I remember one of the times when I was on the show previously, you know, he got to talking about wrestling. He really loved wrestling. That's right. And so I got a little bit of wrestling in that chapter. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he just has that tenacity. And so uh, th- throughout the book process, I kept him informed of how we were doing. And, um, uh, you know, Brent, Brent was uh, – a contributor, really, in addition to being a subject matter in the book, but uh, I th- and how their careers uh, parallel each other. I mean, some of the major milestones in, in Brent's career were games against Coach Cook, and of course, they they were two and two against each other at Crowley. All right, and there's quite a bit in the book that talks about all that. But you know, the, uh, like people take away from this book, number one, that. Uh, things about leadership because I, I tell people this is not just a football book this is a book about leadership coach cook is a leader and he uh, has this uh, gift really to communicate with people he's a great listener in fact there was another coach who said he he was reminded of mother Teresa because when you're in a room with coach cook you feel like you're the center of attention you're hit you're his focus and I think that's one of the reasons he's so successful and he's able to get people to work with him for 26 years, like Jimmy McCleary or other people who have stayed with him a long time or Wes Jacob to come back and coach with him. Uh, and, and the loyalty, you know, guys, you talk to guys like Shane Garrett, you know, he's like a father to Coach. Uh, I mean, uh, Coach Cook is like a father to him. A lot of the players at Crowley High, you know, they look at the team now and they look what's happening now. And they look, think back to the years that Coach was there and what he did. 
he was single-handedly responsible for turning that program around. And just think about it. He took, took Crowley High to their own state title, only state title in their history. He took them to the Dome three times. You know, when he left to go to, back to USL, uh, he went to USL from Crowley High. And then he came back. Mm-hmm. He took them back to the Dome again in the one year he was there. And then he went over to Notre Dame in uh, 97. And been there ever since, Been too. there ever since. And I'm often asked, and, of course, one of the things when I started about 2021, there was a lot of speculation, as there seems to be every year, as to how long he's going to coach. Yes. Um, one of the things I realized in doing this book about high school coaches is that they, they are developing that raw talent. Somebody pointed out to me, the, the college and the pro coaches, Donnie Wallace, who played at USL, the Galen, the the college and pro coaches are primarily talent managers. They're managing talent at the high school level. They're developing talent, and that's what coach. And it, it, the thing about Coach Cook, even when he was in college, he was still developing talent. He recruited and developed Jake Delhomme as a quarterback. So, uh, the development of talent is something that I think is too often overlooked at the high school level. These coaches are developing that raw talent. And Coach Cook, uh, I don't think he enjoys anything more than developing talent. He has a junior linebacker right now playing for him, Jackson Casanova. Uh, he's uh, right in that line with the other Casanovas. And you know the, the one that's best known is Tommy Casanova, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at one time as the best player in America. And, I think he was a three-time All-American. He was at LSU. And Jackie Casanova. Well, Jackson is is Jackie younger younger, – Jackie's the younger brother of Tommy, though, who played also at LSU. Yeah, that's right. So, Jackie – this is uh, Jackson is his grandson, if I got it all right. Okay. All right. Coach has had ten Casanovas play for him. And Dr. Tommy Casanova. That's right. And then also there's a a Sam Casanova, who I think they've moved the fullback now. So, he's, he's a sophomore this year. Jackson's a junior. I've been around Coach Cook long enough to know that when he has some kids who are really talented, particularly part of a family like the Casanova, he he wants to see it through. And I, I think he wants to see the Casanovas through. So I expect Coach Cook to be uh, stay there at least through next year and maybe another year. Um, you know, I do know that he wants his youngest son, Stu, mm-hmm. to uh, come over to Notre Dame and eventually coach with him. All right. And he's already got uh, uh, Louis III mm-hmm. coaching with him. Yes. And Coach uh, 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 Stu is currently over at Iowa. So I don't think there's any secret among anybody that they eventually want to be together at Notre Dame. And I think that when, when Stu comes over, then you may see Coach Cook uh, – uh, step down as head coach, but I think you're going to still see him somewhere coach there. Coach Emeritus. Yeah, right. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to be around. Uh, well, the coach, love of the game, too. Uh, coach of a lifetime. That's could right. Be, he's a lifetime coach. But my wife, uh, my wife uh, said to me, you know, he's not a football coach. He's a life coach. Someone wrote uh, a little note to him and said, uh, you know, playing for you is like the Cliff Notes <laughs> in college. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cliff Notes of life. That's right. That's right. And he's just a remarkable human being, you know, and always when I talk to him, I've met him a few times. Don't don't know him really well like you probably do more than I have since you've interviewed him many times. Uh, 
but just always a respectful, just a down-to-earth human being, and uh, always uh, just, uh, like you said, he, you have his total attention in a conversation with him. So uh, it's just amazing, uh, and a great coach, and a great, I still say, the best coaches are the best teachers. Well, he, yes, he's a teacher. Uh, he's, uh, um, you know, he's been likened to Andy Griffith. And mm-hmm. when you're around him, and is in his office. In fact, it's not unusual to have him, for him to have Andy Griffith on the TV in his office. <laughs> you feel like you're in Mayberry. In fact, in the, in the, there's, he was he's lived he was born in rain. He's lived his entire life in rain. And there's a chapter called Rain Man. And I compare rain at the time he was growing up to uh, Mayberry. And that's um, uh, you know Coach Cook. When you're around him, his office. There's another chapter called The Black Hole. Uh, you know, people come in that office, all sorts of people, uh, not necessarily associated with football. They'll come in there and uh, they just sit around and talk. It's easy to do that with Coach Cook. He's got that kind of uh, magnetism, a charisma, uh, you name it. Uh, but he'll have the Andy Griffith show on. He'll quote from, um, oh, uh, uh, what's the television show? I'm drawing a blank right now. It's one of his favorites. It's uh, with uh, uh, Tom... Uh, Ah, okay. A little senioritis got no, you. Yeah, senioritis got me. But I mean, he, you know, he'll he'll quote from. Uh, 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 I'm drawing blanks now on some of these things, but he he quotes from movies. Uh, he's just a down to earth guy. He, he's easy to talk to, uh, but it, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, a blessing, really, to do the book on Coach Cook. Uh, the, the ultimate honor is for him to call you Brim. Because Brim is a nickname, it's, you know, it's kind of like around, uh, you know, in the old days you used to call somebody dude or bro or whatever. Well, if you're called Brim, and coaches call me Brim a couple of times, so I know I finally passed the test. All right. There you go. One of our listeners just shot me a message, says he has the book, he thinks it's awesome. Tell us how you can get the book. Okay, you can get it uh, on my website, galenwhite.com, and all proceeds from those sales are going to a fund that Coach Cook is setting up for uh, some of his assistant coaches oh, wow. to, uh, to pay, pay some of them a little more money than what they can get, particularly the non-faculty coaches. And Galen is spelled G-A-Y-L-O-N, then W-H-I-T-E That's dot right. com. And I've got that information here if anybody needs it repeated. But again, uh, other ways? Amazon.com, uh, you can get it there. Uh, you can also get it from a, a Roman, Roman and Littlefield, R-O-W-M-A-N, www.roman.com. And they may uh, be having a discount. I know they had about 30% off. So you want to save money, uh, that's, that's another way to go. So there's different options. Um, we'll have a book signing uh, this Saturday, uh, this Friday at uh, Sterling Hyundai in Lafayette. It will be there from 3 to 5. So you can purchase the book that way. Come on in to Sterling Hyundai. I think it's on Johnson Street. And uh, Coach and Cook and I will be there from 3 to 5. We'll sign the book. So that's another way of uh, getting a book and getting it signed and, and having an opportunity to talk to Coach Cook. Very good. Excellent. Galen, appreciate you coming by today, uh, getting us a copy of the book as well. Appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to have you as always. And uh, just a great book. I look forward to reading it. All right. 
Tony, time for a break. Uh, yeah, time for a break. And come back and just give you a quick uh, today in sports history. want to thank Mr. White for being here on Bayou Sports here and uh, have a safe trip. Uh, I know you uh, live up and still up in Tennessee. I'm still there, yeah. Uh, call home. So uh, great to have you on uh, the show this morning. Anyway, take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, today in sports history. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, King Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, October the 17th. And today in sports history, in 1885, baseball sets all players' salaries, you ready, at $1,000 to $2,000 for the 1885 season. Also in 1920, the Decatur Staley's later known as the Chicago Bears, played their first professional football game against Rock Island Independence, uh, 7 and nothing for the, for the Staley's. Elsewhere in this date, 1956, in the game. That, that, by the way, if folks see the GSH on the Bears jerseys, Staley was his middle name. Oh, really? Yes. All right. Anyway, uh, in 56, uh, 1956, the chess game of the century is 13-year-old Bobby Fischer defeats the 1953 U.S. champion Donald Byrne in Rosenwald Memorial Tournament at the Marshall Chess Club in New York City. Also in 1964 on this date, the Yankees fire Yogi Berra as the manager. Of course, the Cardinals had beat him 4-3 in the World Series. 1968 in the men's 4x100 meter freestyle relay, Mark Spitz, world record as they beat the Soviet Union in Australia in the Mexico City Games. Also in this date, 1971, the World Series Pirates beat the Orioles 2-1 at Memorial Stadium to claim the championship. The We Are Family uh, came later as Roberto Clemente was the MVP of the World Series that year. Also in this date in 1974, the Jazz, the New Orleans Jazz, began a 28-game road losing streak. 
Also in this date, 1976, the coldest World Series game ever at that time. The Reds beat the Yankees 4-3 at Game 2 at Riverfront Stadium. It was 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Of course, in 1997, it got a little colder. Also in this date, in 78, the Yankees win the 22nd World Championship, capping their great comeback year. Also in 79, the Pirates beat the Orioles 4-1. The We Are family wins four games to three against the uh, uh, Orioles. MVP, Willie Stargell, Papa, Pops. Uh, 1982, Robin Yount, the first man to have two four-hit games in the World Series. Of course, uh, uh, Paul Molitor had a five-hit game in the first game. Anyway, in 87 in the World Series, first time the World Series has played indoors in the Minnesota Metrodome. Also in 92. And, and uh, World Series first, all AstroTurf. And uh, all first time, all home teams yeah. won in that series in 87. Also in 92, the first World Series featured a non-American team in Game 1. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, lose 3-1 to to the Braves. Of course, uh, Toronto goes on to win the World Series in 92 and again in 93 on the walk-home run. Elsewhere, birthdays today, William Candy Cummings. And remember that name. Good trivia uh, question. Hall of Fame pitcher, he was credited with throwing the first curveball in Major League Baseball. Also in this date, born on this day, Air Corps Coriel, Don Coriel, born in 1924, of course, a college and pro football Hall of Fame coach, coached the uh, San Diego State to a division championship back in small college football, also with the Cardinals and Chargers, uh, born in Seattle, Washington. Also born on this date, 1928, Junior Gilliam, Jim Gilliam, the Major League Baseball player and coach of the Dodgers, NL Rookie of the Year in 53, born in Nashville, Tennessee. Deaths on this date in 2000, the passing of Leo Nominelli, who at one time was the tallest guy in the National Football League. He stood at least 6'9 or 6'10, six-time first-team All-Pro and uh, Pro Bowler. Uh, also made the All-Decade team with the 49ers. Dies of a stroke at 76. Anyway, the quote of the day went to Harry Carey. It's a great quote, Jeff. He said, "Does what does a mama bear on the pill have in common with the World Series? No Cubs. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's today in sports history here on Kane Radio by your Su- sports. Surprised you missed one. The anniversary of the postponement of Game 3 of the oh, 89 right. World the earthquake Series. Game. Yeah. The earthquake game. That's now, right. if the Cubs would have won uh, that divisional playoff, uh, they would have, or uh, League Championship Series, uh, that game would have been in Chicago, and there wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, that's right. There so, uh, with that, uh, anyway... Uh, Jeff, uh, now back to you. All right. As always, thanks to our guests today, Terry Martin, head coach at Lowerville, and Galen White, author of Coach of a Lifetime and many other books. Check them out at galenwhite.com. And, again, if you need some of that information sent, uh, repeated, uh, don't hesitate to give us a call.